Hey everybody, happy Tuesday. I'm really excited about this week's episode. Jamie and I sit down and we talk all about how to remain inspired in the classroom. Oh man, and that is such a tall order with everything that's going on. It's easy to find ourselves in a rut. Maybe you're doing virtual teaching, maybe you're doing in-person, but it's distance learning, maybe you're homeschooling. And man, after the first month of school, sometimes you can really hit a lull. So we talk all through that, and I really hope you enjoy. Just as a reminder, if you ever have any questions or comments, just shoot us an email. We love getting mail from you guys. Um, You can email us at allthingsmontessoripod at gmail.com. You can also send us a message on our Instagram, which is just at allthingsmontessori. Seriously, we love to hear from you. So please don't hesitate to reach out. We do respond, and we would just love to hear from you. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Sapling Supply. I talked about Sapling Supply last time, and um, they're just so great. They're a wonderful Montessori furniture company. They make furniture for all age ranges, so go ahead and check them out. It's www.saplingsupply.net with a dash between sapling and supply. I will link it at the bottom. They're just fantastic. And since you guys listen to all things Montessori, thanks by the way, you can get 10% off anything site-wide if you use our promo code ATM10. Again, you can get 10% off anything site-wide if you use our promo code ATM10. So go ahead and check them out um, and they can help you build whatever environment you're looking for. This episode is also brought to you by Patreon, and we have some new patrons to welcome. Welcome to Kira, to Paul and Joe, and to Jennifer. Thank you guys so much for supporting All Things Montessori. We could not do it without you. Now, if you want to become a patron like these incredible humans, you can head on over to our Patreon uh, where you can choose what level you want to be. So there are three different levels, um, and there's just a small amount of money you can pledge to help us run this podcast. We couldn't do it without you. Thank you so, so, so much. going it's going well it's lovely fall weather here in our area of the world so that's a that's a joy I know and now it's all like fall cooking that's what I've mostly been excited about (laughs) I think I've had butternut squash like three times in the past two weeks just can't stop (laughs) yeah there's something wonderful about this that shift in seasons and and how we can shift our cooking and everything else. So it's a good time of year. I know. It's nice. It's nice. It's also nice, um, I think, in this time of uncertainty and stress, um, there was something normal about it becoming fall. Mm-hmm. It kind of was like, oh, yeah, this is nice. It, it kind of gave, I mean, I know it's like not not too exciting, but in my own life, it kind of uh, made, you know, the change was nice. Yeah. It was nice to have that change from another season. And I know that, you know, we're experiencing fall. I know the whole world isn't experiencing fall, but I just think that change, it, it helped. Yeah. You know, the other thing, the other little bit of normalcy that has been nice lately, I don't know if anyone else is experiencing this, but uh, watching the Bake Off, the great British baking show. Oh, oh, yes. <laughs> Yes. Because it's coming out every <laughs> week on Netflix and it's like, oh, they're all together in the tent and it's this little taste of like normal life. It's 
it that that show is just the greatest. <laughs> I love it so much. It's so relaxing. It's so fun and cute. And I think it's just beautiful how they all help each other yeah. out. Yeah. Like, I love yeah, it. I do too. And they managed to get them all to quarantine together so that they're all there. You know, they're mm-hmm. all there. So so that's been our family's been excited for that little bit of mm-hmm. uh, pre-COVID normalcy watching that. I know. It's so nice. It's like, oh, yay. It's like, you know, friends coming back or something. <laughs> right. It's just like nice to have 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 that have that little tradition. Um, well, Jamie has some exciting news, so I'm just going to give the floor to you. Go. <laughs> <laughs> well, we um, we have launched a new a new project, a new organization called Rising Tide Montessori. I've been working with um, a primary trainer, Meg Trezice, and we have developed this resource center. It's an online resource center for anyone who's interested in Montessori education, and it's uh, free uh, online videos. Uh, so you can go to our website, which is risingtidemontessori.org. Um, or you can go to our YouTube channel. Most of the videos are on our YouTube channel. And you'll find a selection of videos about, and they're all short, you know, five to 10 minutes long, occasionally a little longer, about Montessori education. Or, you know, we also are going to be including a variety of things that just help to support and inspire teachers. Um, So it may be really Montessori focused, or it may be uh, have a slightly different focus, but definitely like really practical things you can use in the classroom or or parents can use in their work with children. So we're yeah, we're really excited to get this out there. And you know, the real the mission of Rising Tide is really to, to increase, increase the accessibility of Montessori education. And so one way the way we're starting on that is with these free these free videos. It's great. It's so awesome. Everybody, please check it out. I mean, and I think that whole mission of making Montessori more accessible. I mean, Jamie, we talk about that a lot on here, too. I mean, it's something that, you know, I think the world should um, it shouldn't be that hard to know more about Montessori. And somehow it seems difficult. Right. And um, I think Rising Tide is just a great user friendly wonderful way for people to really, you know, get a deeper look inside. Um, it's just really exciting. Yeah, I think I hope it's, you know, I hope it's going to be useful. And, you know, it's we had to really pivot a little bit um, with with when COVID hit in March. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, you know, these are all filmed pretty much in our homes. Um, we've gotten into a couple, you know, empty classrooms at times. Um, and so, you know, it will continue to grow and change as we have more access, you know, to classrooms and other things in the future. Uh, but for now, at least it's a, you know, I think it's a strong resource to help inspire, help to educate, help to, you know, just help us remember a lot of the basic principles of Montessori education. And, you know, for now, we launched with um, with just a few playlists on different topics, uh, but we'll release more videos every week. So it'll be, you know, it'll keep growing. Uh, the li- it, you know, our goal is to have a, you know, just a massive library of resources for people to use and choose from. Um, so yeah, it's super exciting. It's been a, it's been a busy few weeks getting all that organized and ready to go. So <laughs> it's a, it's exciting to have it out there. And hopefully, you know, again, the, you know, the sort of 
basic premise of this and the, you know, the heart of our mission is that we want people to have access to this knowledge mm-hmm. and we want it mm-hmm. to be, you know, high quality and, and available. So, um, so we're really excited to be able to, to be able to get these out there for people. It's, it's wonderful. I will link it um, in the episode description so you guys can feel free to check it out. And yeah, I'm excited to see how it grows. And I'm just, I think it's just a gift, you know, to have that accessibility. And it kind of goes into what we're going to talk about today because you mentioned the word inspire. And uh, that's what the Rising Tide is going to be doing, inspiring and, you know, using that, helping, you know, having it as a resource for anybody. But also we wanted to talk about what it feels like to kind of lose that inspiration when you're in the classroom Uh, because it definitely happens and it definitely happens and you might not realize it. And sometimes it can be pretty easy to get out of it. Um, And sometimes it's not so easy. Uh, So we just wanted to talk through that, especially right now. um, You know, for me personally, um, I've been doing virtual school for about a month now. And while it's going really, really well, there are some moments like this weekend, I was sitting down to do some planning and I kind of was like, okay, well, we already did that. Mm, Okay. Well, we already did that. Mm, Okay. And I kind of felt a little bit like, oh, what do I do now? Um, And that's, I think that's normal. Right. And it, it, it causes us to look a little bit more inward and to really think about the children that we're working with. And that's where we're going to get that inspiration. Like what's going to ignite their interests? Right. And then that's the driving force. I think it can be really like normal, whether you're in person or or doing virtual, you know, distance learning right now mm-hmm. to to have put, you know, you put all this energy into preparing for the beginning of the year and get all the systems in place and everything that you're working on, you know, and you really try to build relationships and engage the children. And, you know, you do that really, you know, like intensely for four, five, six weeks. It's pretty normal to suddenly reach a point of like, ah, what do I do? You know, like, how do I, you know, um, and that's, uh, that's not unusual in person or otherwise. I think the nice thing we can fall back on um, when we're in person is that, and working with children in the classroom, is that you can just let them go a little bit and see what's happening. You know, yeah. spend more time observing, right. encouraging them to work with each other. You know, you can do more of that in the classroom. And when you're when you're teaching at a distance, it it does put a little more pressure on you as the guide to be to like come up with the next cool thing because because yeah, you don't have the right. energy of their of their you know collaboration in the classroom to help drive that too um but it's it is yeah. like exactly what you said like start thinking about each child what do they need you know cuz i think sometimes we can right. get into a rut of being like oh okay i'll do this and then i'll do that rather than sort of paying attention to what the child needs. So that could be a source of inspiration. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And then along with that, which is something that um, I've caught myself doing multiple times, is sort of like giving each group of children kind of the same lesson in the, you know, but not really thinking about, are they ready for that? What way should I do it with them? You know, having the mentality like, okay, well, I have to get my long division 
less or whatever. I don't know. It can get, you can kind of, we've talked about this before. You can sort of start to think of things as a checklist. And that's when it's sort of, that's not where you want to go because then you're just checking things off instead of really thinking about, okay, what do they need? What tools and what kind of lesson do they need to present their best work? And that's not necessarily you going through your table of contents or you going through a checklist of what you think that they need. Yeah, we need to have the you know state standards in our head, but that doesn't mean that they need all of that in one systematic way. Um, so be careful of that. I've definitely done that before where I'm like, oh, well, I gave, I gave this person that lesson. So yeah, I could give that other person this lesson. Um, and yeah, sometimes they will all need the same kinds of lessons, um, but just make sure you're still keeping their individual needs in mind. Yeah. And I, the other thing I was struck by thinking about this last week for a variety of reasons, who knows why my mind goes the directions it goes sometimes, but I was thinking about how, um, one way we can, you know, re-inspire the children is through storytelling, but also it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be a full-on story, right? Like it can be even right. just a question or something that gets something started. Like, um, you know, I was talking with someone about how the Incas used, um, they terraced their gardens down the mountainside and that actually at the different altitudes, it was a different microclimate. And so different types of potatoes and other things grew at the different altitudes. That wasn't mm. really a story. It was a random fact I remembered. That's so cool. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. But that can ignite like interest and excitement about like, do you want to find yeah. out more about that? You know, so we don't always have to, um, it doesn't always have to be a whole story to inspire you or the children. It can be just a random fact that you start to think about as it relates to something the children are doing or or maybe not, you know? Yeah. And it could be like an anecdote from an experience you've had or something you've read somewhere. That's such a good point, Jamie, because I think storytelling and the art of telling stories, um, it's really intimidating because it's like, okay to research and then I have to write this whole thing and then I have to memorize it and then I have to tell it in an amazing, compelling way. Like it's a lot, right? But if you just sort of plant that little seed, that little interests, I mean, to be honest, Jamie, that what you just said about the Incas, like I want to go read about that now because I'm like, that's fascinating. And that what you said, like two sentences. Right. right. And, <laughs> you know? and, you know, to be clear, I don't remember my source for that. So it could be that I, it, right. I've oversimplified, but that's fine. Like, again, that's okay. Right. I'm quite happy for any of you listeners to come and tell me I didn't, I didn't articulate it enough. And that will um, <laughs> inspire more me to think more and learn more. I mean, that's fine, even with the children, too. Like, it, it, you can have the, you know, sort of a little spark of a fact that may or may not be completely even accurate because you don't remember it, ex- you know, as it perhaps was written, but you can still, um, you can still spark that. And if they find out that you, you know, you were had oversimplified it. Great. <laughs> That's yeah, perfect. It'll it, well, they looked it up, right? right? They thought right. they thought, hmm, I don't know if that really makes sense. So they did the whole process of looking it up. They are going to prove their point or state their opinion or any of those things. That's work. And that just spawned all of that. Right. So how cool. Yeah. Um, And little snippets like that. I always used to think when I was a when I was in the classroom and even now when I'm doing virtual teaching, um, sometimes I feel like I am a contestant on Jeopardy. 
because Jeopardy is just tons of little facts, right? And a lot of it you don't know. Some of it you do. And it's kind of like that. It's just like planting those little questions in their minds. You know, does that make sense? Yep. That's what I always used yeah, to think of. Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> and that's what they really they really need. You know, they need lots of, yeah. especially like the younger they are, we need to give them as much sort of experience with, with a variety of basic knowledge and a lot of information. They just need to start getting a lot of information and we can s- help them yeah. build the connections um, in that information, they can build and synthesize those throughout the elementary, but they need that background knowledge, right? Like if they don't, if they don't have that background knowledge, it's going to be harder for them to continue to build their skills, right? So we need to give them as much right. background knowledge as we can. And we want them to be, you know, thinking critically all the time about all the different, you know, information that we're offering to them. Like, don't believe me, you know, go look it up, you know, like read it and find it in three other sources because I could be wrong. Because they will, they will believe you. They'll believe anything that you say, especially the younger ones, right? (laughs) So definitely want to encourage that for sure. Yeah, I think also if uh, there could be a lack of inspiration, um, you know, just because maybe it's become a little bit too monotonous or maybe... They're doing the same kinds of things that you just introduced during the first month of school, but you know you need to just introduce maybe a new kind of follow up work, um, maybe a new material, you know, maybe a new piece of artwork in the classroom, or if you're in the virtual space, um, maybe changing things up a little bit with uh, lesson times or doing a group game in the morning or just little. Because I think schedule or like the routine is great, but it can also kind of kind of feed into like not boredom, but just sort of, you know, complacency like, oh, this is what we're doing, you know. So sometimes it's good to just sort of like excite that a little bit and think and say, oh, you know what? We're going to go outside this morning or we're going to go do our we're going to do our lesson on the floor today instead of. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Little things like that can really, really help. And I think that's especially true with this distance learning because it has to be more scheduled by its very nature. Um, So I I do encourage a lot of, you know, do a lot of reflection on what's working and what isn't working. Do a lot of thinking through, like, does it make sense? Does this schedule still make sense? Is it still working for everyone? Do we need right. to change things? I know it's hard to think about changing because it does require a lot of communication mm-hmm. with parents and and to so they can be sure to get their kids online at the right times or whatever. Um, but it is, I mean, I think it's valuable at this point to sort of reflect because this is this is all new. If you're doing the distance learning stuff, this is still really new. And so there's, it's highly uh-huh. unlikely that you're going to get it exactly right with your first iteration. So, you know, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> don't, right. don't be afraid to fiddle with it. Yeah. Don't be afraid. And also don't feel bad about it either. Right. Like it's mm-hmm. not a failure on any part. You're right, Jamie. It is all new. I, I made a mistake. It wasn't a mistake, but I tried something. I, I added another lesson in on a day. And it was way too much. And I thought it wouldn't be that much. I was like, oh, it's just like one more. But with screen time, um, it just, I could tell. And I was exhausted and so were they. And I was like, okay, well, I'm never doing that again. Um, Because it was just too much. 
right? Yeah. I think the screen adds on a fatigue that all of us really are. I mean, it it's it is real. Screen fatigue is so real. And it's important to be really, really cognizant of that and really yep. pay attention to it. And you can tell when you're losing a child in there. I mean, children, elementary children, they're already their attention can be all over the place. Like and think about tunneling that into a screen. That's really hard. So um, I say this a lot, but as much as you can do that, they're working with their hands, even though I know you're through a screen, whatever you can do to have them writing things down using their hands, that's going to help with their attention. It's really, it's really helped with, with my experience. Yeah. You've got to do something. I mean, that's, you know, we all feel it. So figuring out a way to, to help them maintain that focus or, or just don't, don't even, I mean, don't even ask them, like, they don't have to be looking at you the whole time. No, they don't have to be, you know, like all of those kinds of things might, you know, reinvigorate. I think the other thing, too, is you're feeling a lack of inspiration or feeling kind of in a rut is what I tend to tell teachers when I'm working with them or coaching them at schools is um, find something you're excited about. And if you, mm. it doesn't even matter if any of the children have shown any interest in it whatsoever, just go ahead and pr- grab a group of children and present something that you are totally passionate about, you know, like super excited about um, and see how that can, re- you know, re-inspires you and feeds and nourishes you. And the reality is if you're excited about it, children are going to get excited about it. So, oh, yeah. um even if they haven't been displaying that interest, it doesn't matter. They can get interested because of, you know, your excitement. Oh, yeah. If you're excited about something, that is that is so true. They feed off of that energy. That happened to me one time and I, I really didn't know what to do. And I thought to myself, okay, what can I talk about? And I was like, oh, I'm just going to do a presentation on one of the countries I traveled to. I thought it sounded kind of weird, but I lived in Italy so I just put together this presentation on Italy and like printed out some pictures and it was a total hit because I was really into it and then they were into it and then they got to talking about, oh, can I do something on the place? I, w- I traveled to this place uh, last year, blah, 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 blah. I was like, sure. Yes, please do all of this work that I didn't tell you to do, but you're going to do of your own volition. Yes, please. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So if you're interested in something, that's always a great thing. And also, I would say too, maybe take a look back at your lessons that you've been giving, your record keeping. What have you been avoiding? What have you not been giving lessons on? Um, I can tell you there are a lot of things that are hard to translate through the screen. I feel you. I feel for that. It's really hard. But maybe really take spend some time and think, okay, well, how could I do this online? You know? Is there a crash course video that I can do to help me with this? Is there some sort of PowerPoint I can put together? You know, there are creative solutions for a lot of our lessons. Um, It's not the easiest thing in the world, definitely. But um, that could be another thing, you know, oh, I haven't given a geometry lesson in two weeks. Maybe that would be fun. So that's always a good way to spice things up. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, really doing a lot of self-reflection on what you've been up to with the children can give you some good insight on how you could get them excited. And I would encourage 
uh, both, you know, and it's so hard when you're at a distance, but also, the, you know, how can you inspire the children into really excited, independent work at home? Like, are there things that they can yeah. do uh, at home that are not just follow up from a lesson you've given? Right? Like, can they, mm-hmm. c- we don't yeah. want them to just get in the habit of getting this lesson from you virtually, and then doing the follow up, and then that's all they do. Right. And that's it. Right. So right. it's trying to think about how you could inspire them to apply skills to other things or get them involved in a big baking project at home or a gardening project. Or is there something they could build? Is there something they could measure? Is there, some, you know, like stuff like that yeah. that's happening beyond the, I think that that is something I could imagine getting kind of getting me in a rut if I was doing the distance um, teaching kind of thing would be just that all they're doing is what I asked them to do in a lesson. And I, that would yeah. make me feel a little kind of like disappointed, <laughs> you know, cause I, in the classroom, you can always see them, you know, they feed off each other and can build and create bigger things. So figuring out ways that you can inspire them beyond, um, just your suggested follow-up, I think could also reinvigorate and re-inspire you in your, in your distance learning, um, yeah. routine. So, something I've been doing, yeah, I'll speak to that. Cause yeah, it, it is disappointing, Jamie. It's really hard because I don't have my eyes on, I don't have a classroom, right? I don't have my eyes on what they're doing. And I also don't want to be a, t- uh, a Montessori guide that needs proof. Right. I need reassurance and I want to talk to them and make sure that they're like meeting expectations that they've set that I've, you know, helped them get to whatever. But I don't want to be demanding of, well, did you do what I told you to do? Because that's frankly not what we do. Right. Um, but it but it is hard because, you know, there's an act of trust. Um, and that's where, you know, your conversations with the parents are really handy because they know what's going on. But what I've started doing is at the end of my lessons, um, whether it's an individual check-in or if it's a group lesson, I just sort of at least I, I leave about five minutes so I can talk to them about their day. And this isn't when I'm saying, well, what are you going to do today or what assignment? You know, this is when I'm really asking what their work plan for the day is or like, did you like like what do you think of the lesson? Like. I, that's when I'm trying to inspire what's going to come next. Some of them are already like, oh, I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. Some need a little bit more help and that's okay. But I think that's actually, I've found that that's been a kind of a turning point um, because before I was sort of doing my typical Montessori thing and like inspiring and then hopefully it catches on and like some of it did and some of it, the kids were like, what do you want me to do? <laughs> or like, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> um, so I found that just communicating with them more has really helped. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the nice thing with elementary children, too. You can just have a conversation yes. with them about yes. it. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank God. Right. Like it's so, right. And they can reason with you. It can be a real conversation. You're going to get real answers. Right. And you can really talk about, well, you know, your parents are at work and this is your work time, too. I mean, they have that sense of responsibility and it's good to hold them to that, um, obviously, in a nice and kind way. But um, yeah, talk to them. See what they're doing. See how you can inspire them. They're they're big talkers. They'll talk right back. So they'll they'll love that. <laughs> so yeah, so I hope um 
I, I really feel for everybody who's either distance learning in the classroom or doing virtual learning. I mean, it is just, it's a lot. So it's, it's hard enough to be inspired to carry on, <laughs> you know, in these circumstances. But if you're feeling like a little bit of a rut, like you're in a little bit of a, um, uh, I don't know, just a uninspired place, don't panic. Um, there's definitely a way out. Um, and, you know, look back at your records, think about your conversations with the children and check out Rising Tide Montessori for inspiration. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and, you know, let us know what's working for you or how you found inspiration, yes. how you've reached out and, and gotten, you know, back on track again to um, inspire the children. I'd love to hear what people are finding useful that's supporting them in this work. Yes, we would love that. You can email us at allthingsmontessoripod at gmail.com. We do respond. We do read them. We would love to hear from you. Um, and we wish everybody the best of luck in this new month of October and hope it comes with lots of inspiration. <laughs> <laughs>